This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo, and with me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Hello. How are we doing tonight, Andrea? Pretty good, man. Feeling all right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we got a fun show today, so, uh, let's, we're going to get this intro out of the way, and we were going to, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, all right. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within the galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, and you name it. We talk about it. Andrea. Yo, yo. Um, so we haven't discussed Star Wars music at all yet in our podcast. We, so we dabble a little bit. Dabbled a little, but yeah. um, I figured today would be a good day to do that because we have a very, very special guest with us. Um, our guest has multiple Emmy and Annie nominations as well as 12 BMI awards. You know his work from shows like Narcos Mexico, CSI Miami, The Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels, just to name a few. He's one of the most sought after composers in Hollywood today. We are so honored. Mr. Kevin Kleiner, how are you today, sir? I'm really well. It's nice to be with you. Thank you. Super thank you, excited. Thank you. Yeah, we are we are really excited, uh, honored to have you on our show. So um, I can't believe you haven't discussed Star Wars music very much. We dabbled. I'm glad I'm, I'm, <laughs> glad I'm the first. And I'm glad I'm uh, rectifying that situation. <laughs> well, we figured we bring in a really good expert to do it when we did it. So we figured yeah. you'd be you'd be a good person to do it. So again, thank you so much for joining uh, joining us today. Um, so I kind of want to start with you, uh, with your childhood. Um, were you big into like comics and the kind of the sci-fi genre when you were little? Um, I wasn't per se into comic books. My brother really was. Oh, okay. um, I was more I, I was into cartoons and um, comic characters. I loved the early Batman TV series. And uh, in fact, later in my life, I got to work with Adam West, which was so cool for me. Oh, wow, nice. that's awesome. Yeah, um, I and I loved the like the Spider-Man cartoon, whatever one that was when I was, you know, a kid, which would have been the 60s. Um, yeah, maybe late mid late 60s, something like that. But but not so much comic books. And then, you know, I was at I was going to UCLA when Star Wars came out um, and that was that was a huge deal for me. I mean, that was Superman and Star Wars. Those were really, really big deals for me. Yeah, I just I'm glad you brought that up. So obviously, in 1977, Star Wars. Uh, it's not even a, a New Hope yet, but just Star Wars comes out. Yeah. And you're you're at UCLA at the time, correct? Yeah, that's right. Now, were you in pre med? I read somewhere you were in pre med. Yeah. Or? yeah. I was pre med uh, in undergrad. Um, I never took a music class there. Uh, wow. I actually, never taken. Uh, you know, I. I audited a few classes at UCLA, 
just you know for <laughs> and then left i i, I <laughs> so i i mean i i have no formal musical music education wow that's crazy wow yeah. um, what? neither do we so <laughs> <laughs> we're all in the same company well I'll, right, let, awesome. I'll let you guys score the next show then awesome. right. <laughs> we appreciate that um so yeah so let's talk about you know you go and see this movie star wars in 1977 it's a obviously a huge hit you know, with many, many, many people. Um, now, did you know when you when you went to the movies and you hear the that score for the first time? Did that really was that a big influence on you at the time? It was, and and as was Superman. I I, I would say those were the two really huge influences on me. Um, and even if you watched the old, the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeves. Uh, the only thing that really holds up in that film is the music. And it it sounds like it could be on a film today. And the same, you know, with Star Wars, the, the Star Wars films hold up much better than the, the Superman films do in, in terms of, you know, not looking dated. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when I heard that sound, I wanted to figure out how to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so I mean, was it really I mean, I, I just I mean, obviously I wasn't I wasn't old enough. I know Andrea wasn't old enough to experience it. Was it really because I mean, I just remember seeing like these photos of, you know, huge lines at these theaters to go see this movie. Was it was it really like like that and just like the energy and all that? Yeah, it was it was insane. So I I I don't know how I heard about it, but there was an, an enormous buzz, and I I went and saw it in Westwood, which is a the little you know kind of the city right next to UCLA. Mm-hmm. UCLA is actually part of Westwood, and it's a, like a nice little village with theaters and coffee shops and stuff like that. And the line was around and I, I don't remember how good a seats I had for the very first one. I don't think I I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't go to the midnight showing. I don't think there was a midnight <laughs> showing of, of a right. new hope, but I did go to all the other midnight showings after that. Wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so obviously you, you know, you start going into uh, music and everything like that within your career. You've done so many different shows, as we kind of mentioned up top. Um, but you were asked or you were I think you went through the process of doing this new Star Wars animated movie back in 2000 uh, 2008 as we know as the Clone Wars yeah Um, talk about that process a little bit and how kind of that all uh, all came about well it was an audition process Um, Mm -hmm. I I believe George Lucas was a fan of the music I was doing in CSI Miami at the time. I think, um, you know, part of the thing about the Miami CSI was that all the people were beautiful. You know, it was all the Miami kind of bikinis and nightclubs (laughs) and gorgeous, gorgeous camera work. And also the music had to be super, super hip. That was just really important that the music be very current and, and cutting edge. And I mean, to this day, uh, the scores I did for CSI Miami, I, I hear things currently in 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 shows that came out yesterday that are similar to what we were doing back then. So I, I think that's how George put my, me in the mix. It probably helped that I'd done other sci-fi projects. I'd done a w- movie mm-hmm. called Wing Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple other sci-fi projects that I I'd been part of. I did I did uh, Stargate SG One. 
you know, I think that combination. And, and so then I don't know how many there. I think there were five or six of us. We all flew up to uh, uh, Skywalker Ranch uh, separately. Yeah. We, we didn't really mm-hmm. meet each other or anything. We didn't meet with George. We met with Dave Filoni. Um, Dave gave us kind of 10, 15 minutes of the first bit of the show and and sent us back and you know gave us some directions and mm-hmm. you know kind of what they were looking for and you know we went back we all went back and scored it i i know a couple of the composers that were part of that audition are very serious a-list movie composers nowadays wow, it's, wow. It's, so it's, it's cool to have been part of that and it, it's cool that i i got to be the one to do it yeah now, I mean, talk about meeting George Lucas back then. I mean, obviously he he's done all these you know Star Wars movies that you're probably a fan of. Was yeah. it very? Was it kind of like awe inspiring, or was it just was it a little bit intimidating? Yeah, it was. It was. So it's one of those things where it was just mind bendingly scary <laughs> uh, until until the actual time when I met him mm-hmm. and. I think that I was looser with George than I've been with almost anybody. I don't know if it was a defense mechanism or it's just that he's such a chill dude and and he's just a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no pretense with George. There's no Hollywood BS or anything like that. It's it's just a guy in jeans and a plaid shirt, man. (laughs) And 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 he's got great ideas and, and, you know, he's really he's got opinions. And he had things he wanted me to do. And so once once we started talking about what to do, you know, and, and what kind of experimentation he wanted me to do, it was it wasn't scary at all. I, I think then when I came back here to the studio, um, it was it was the really the the most difficult thing was rearranging the the main title theme. And, and I, I I'm on record numerous times as telling George that it didn't need to be done and we shouldn't do it Um, Mm -hmm. because John Williams is, you know, the greatest film composer to ever live. And he did it perfectly the first time. So why mess with that? But, you know, so coming back, but George insisted and he wanted percussion. He wanted the world kind of sound. He just wanted a different take on it. Um, That was really hard. And I, I spent a bunch of days just coming up with garbage and and getting <laughs> pretty upset about it and wow. wondering if you know what was going to happen because that was kind of the first thing i needed to do uh but fortunately i found a solution so it worked out yeah and that's probably one of you know the clone wars you think of that you know that that opening score <laughs> it's uh, right it's like it's iconic now and it's, it's awesome so um I, I know you mentioned uh john williams a little bit ago um how many times have you met with john and what what was that experience like and then what you know did he give you any great advice uh that you kind of you you think of and use uh at you know during your time now i've only i've met john williams twice both the times oh, wow. we were both receiving bmi awards oh um, wow and neither of those times I, I wasn't working on I don't I don't think any a Star Wars project either time I know the first time I was not uh, no I've never discussed it with him mm-hmm. I've I've met him and just told him what a fan I am and um, 
<laughs> that was that's that's been about the extent of it. Uh, you know, I, I tell this story sometimes. I I had a film I did maybe ten years ago or a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just came out with a part two of it. And um, a, a friend of mine s- scored part two and he asked me for the I, I wasn't agreed upon that. I It wasn't like I got fired. I, I It was agreed mm-hmm. upon I, that this other guy score part two. But mm-hmm. he wanted to use my themes. So I sent him my scores and everything. And he really did a great job. But. I, I really wasn't that it, it, when I heard him using my themes, what I really liked about the score was when he was not using my themes. <laughs> and, and when he was using my themes, he, he did a really good job. But it's just not that wasn't my vision for those themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had certain counter lines that I wanted them to do. I had the cellos to do one thing and the violins to do another and the horns to do something else. And that's just, you know, sort of like when I argued with George Lucas about rearranging the main title. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I imagine John Williams is not very happy with my version of it because <laughs> I, I don't maybe he is, but I, I that's just not what his vision was. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he didn't. So I'm glad I've never. That's one of the reasons I've never talked to him about. And also <laughs> that experience of of somebody doing using my themes really taught me a lot about how I should approach Star Wars, because I, I'm at my best when I'm when I'm using the moods and the and the palette of John Williams, but not ripping him off i'm mm-hmm. i'm at, i'm at my best when i use my own voice nice yeah that yeah and you you have a great you have a great voice uh huge obviously we're huge fans of yours so uh, kind of go into a little bit of, of star wars and doing the score um do you remember like maybe what what was the most challenging sequence you had to do in either clone wars or rebels well there's a, there's been a lot of big challenges i, I I think one of the most iconic in like season five, I believe it was um, was when Ahsoka leaves. Mm, And and, you know, that's the fans have really gravitated towards that cue. It's it's a really popular piece of music. Um, And. You know, that was a that was a huge challenge, but it was also in a way it was easy because the scene was so good. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and whenever a scene is really good, it you know, if 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 you're good at your craft, you know, you just kind of you fit right in there with and, and, and it makes you good. It makes mm-hmm. uh, it makes the composer good if 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 you're worth anything. Um, one other thing that I I really am uh, proud of is is the um so the the my rearrangement of john williams's melody plays at the beginning of clone wars and then mm-hmm. it goes into something i call uh, a galaxy divided um which is and and that runs under the uh, the announcer and he kind of does he's mm-hmm. doing the old time yeah, like yeah. Whoa, you know and has that <laughs> right. announcer voice uh, <laughs> and i I I'm really happy with that piece of music. And and that was, you know, that was sort of where I stepped in. It was like that was like because that's my melody. That's my tune there. And and that's where all of a sudden now we're in Clone Wars. You know, now we're not yeah. in the movies anymore. Now we're in the, the Clone Wars series. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of keep going on the on the music. Um, and you were kind of talking about how you were, you know, you're kind of doing your own your own style and kind of keeping it with kind of the Star Wars theme. Did you find it difficult to kind of blend and balance your star your like kind of your sound, your established sound, to go with Star Wars at all? Was was that kind of a difficult process to go through? No, here. Um, are we doing video or is this audio only? Audio. We're doing audio. Okay, because I have a book here I, w- I was going to show, but uh, I, I have a a score. It's, it's not available. It hasn't been available for 20 some years, but mm-hmm. that I brought in the early 80s. And it's it is the original score that was published by John Williams. And it has the exact orchestration that he used in, in oh, A New wow. Hope. And I've been studying that since the early 80s. Like I said, you know, I, I when I went to that movie, I, I wanted to sound that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I got the audition, I was pretty well prepared because I I I gone through that book. I mean, that book is torn up and it's got marks all over it, like people mark up their textbooks or something like that. It, it's. You know, I so it no, it wasn't that it, it wasn't that difficult. I I mean, because that's what I've been working on. Wow, yeah, that wow, yeah, that that's really awesome, um, Andrew. I know you had a couple questions uh, for uh, Kevin too. Why don't you go ahead and ask them? Yeah, hi. Uh, so, when scoring Star Wars Rebels, what kind of decisions did you have to make to create a different sound than Clone Wars? Um, well, there there are obvious decisions and so, and some of those like for instance one of them came from George Lucas was that he wanted like I said he wanted a lot of world music influences mm-hmm. uh, so there was going to be a lot of percussion probably uh, every planet was going to have its own ethnicity so we we had to weave in that kind of sound now now that kind of by season seven even five, uh, we we did that less and less. Mm-hmm. The uh, Clone Wars, the music kind of evolved away from that a bit. But so early on, you know, an obvious thing was there were a lot of drums. There were a lot of ethnic instruments. There was like one episode had a Bulgarian women's choir in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we searched for every ethnicity. So that automatically makes it very different than anything that the the feature films had done. Um but the other part is just like I was sort of saying with that the galaxy divided the the piece that plays right after the opening melody. I mean, I it, to me, I see that piece of music as a handoff, you know, from the main title theme. And now it's it's sort of that example of like that. It's Kevin Kiner now. That's my melody. It's Absolutely. it's kind of my groove. You can it still feels like and, and it's very hard to analyze because, mm-hmm. you know, because I get to ask this, like, well, what do you do? And I, I'm like, I I just <laughs> I wrote a piece of music for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like you ask Paul McCartney, you know, how did he come up with yesterday? And, you know, he'll he'll tell you interesting things like the year lyrics used to be ham and eggs or something like that. But he can't really tell you how he came up with that great, unbelievable melody. We, we don't know where that comes from, you know. Uh, did you get your questions in, Andrea? Yeah. Sorry, I got one more. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was muted. I'm not used to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm used to talking over Lauren all the time and just being this like super That's loud. True. So trying to be a little <laughs> bit more contained for you, Mr. Kiner. So. All right. So it's funny that you brought up the, the choir that you used in Clone Wars, because one of the elements that stood out to me uh, in part four of the Siege of Mandalore was the opening with the choir. Uh, is there any specific reason you decided to incorporate the choir with the series finale for Clone Wars? Um, that was a lot of the direction came from Dave Filoni. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as I remember, he he wanted to, to do that. We recorded that in Budapest, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah. With a, we with a, a live choir. Um, oh, wow. And and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, again, there are elements in Star Wars that have choirs. You know, if you you, you think of mm-hmm. um, face. Yeah, Duel of Fates. Thank you. The brain was stopped. Uh, and, and, you know, those those kind of things. So it still feels Star Warsy, but that that was uh, that was Dave Filoni's call. And I, I think it was a really I think it was a great call. He He's really conversant uh, musically. He, he really knows his stuff and and he has a lot to do with the texture of the music. Nice. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to say I I keep saying that you were the MVP of that Siege of Mandalore because uh, your your touch uh, in those episodes was what really just kind of pulled everything together. So uh, absolutely outstanding. So, Lauren, back over to you. Uh, yeah, that I mean, I to kind of echo what Andrew just said. I mean, your music, it's you know, it's so Star Wars because you know, it's music and Star Wars, I think, are so synonymous. You know, you watch these movies and you like the music pushes the story as much as the actors do, as much as the dialogue and everything like that. The action, the music really, I think, pushes the story. Do you kind of is that how it kind of do you feel that way too, Kevin? Like, is that how you kind of approach it? Like, you you want them obviously music to push the story as as much as anything yeah there's you know i i don't know exactly what it is there's a quote from george lucas about the music in in star wars and it's it's something about how it's it's you know along with the writing and directing one of the most mm-hmm. important elements I, I forget exactly what the quote but you, you know it's well known from what john williams did that that music is definitely one of the legs that those films stand on mm-hmm. and and really what makes those films stand out. So for me to be in the position that I was in and to be able to do the Siege of Mandalore, which is, you know, that's kind of what we all envisioned. I mean, that arc in many ways is what when we started doing Clone Wars 12, 13 years ago with George Lucas, that's what we wanted Clone Wars to be. I, th- I think we yes. we reached mm-hmm. our goal kind of. And, yeah. you know, myself as well. I was a be- I'm, I'm a better composer now than I was 12 years ago. And uh, the animation is better. Everything's better. Uh, mm-hmm. So we really found a comfort zone. It was pretty it was it was pretty spectacular to be part of that. Yeah, it, it was special just as, I mean, you were probably, you know, a fan like us just watching it and just enjoying it. Yeah. And then you get to do the music for it. It's so, yeah, like, I couldn't even, great. yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, so, so we, we've talked about John Williams and how much of an influence he's had on you. Um, you know, John Williams aside, what other composers have had a, a good influence, a great influence on you and your kind of your, your musical choices when you score? 
Um, I I loved when I was getting started. So I, I was getting started in the early '80s uh, in film scoring. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, my early background was like Led Zeppelin and, and things like that. Nice. Uh, because yeah, nice. I, I was a guitar player and I was in those those kind of bands. And I, uh, but when I got into film music, you know, my number one hero was was John Williams. I, I would say, you know, Jerry Goldsmith was is was a huge influence. Continues mm-hmm. to be a huge influence. We just, um, gosh, we just listened to. I think it was Mulan. That was I, I think Jerry Goldsmith, and he's just. Mm-hmm unbelievably talented i wound up being like very good friends with his his son who passed away unfortunately uh he was about my age and uh joel goldsmith Mm -hmm. um but in my early days jerry goldsmith john williams uh not in this order just uh uh, ennio morricone um john barry uh these are melody guys Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe Elmer Bernstein, not not as much Elmer. I, I would say Jerry, John, Ennio, all these guys, you can all use their first names and you kind of know. <laughs> <laughs> Ennio, yeah, and, and John Barry, I guess you can't use his first name, but, you know, I mean, he came up with all the James Bond and Somewhere in Time and all those, you know, really, really just fabulous melody guys. And, and you know, that's, that's what sets that kind of film music apart is, is is melody yeah yeah yeah, yeah I James Horner another great melody guy yeah yeah it's like you said it, it's a, you know Star Wars it is melody it's not like your your rock and roll or whatever it is more melody so yeah that's no that's, and, it's, and it's not like say like Dark Knight or something like that mm-hmm. which is really cool score but you only know it you can't hum the dark knight theme you, right. you know no, it, yeah. you <laughs> right? nobody goes and does that <laughs> uh, so but you, you, it's a great score because as soon as you hear it you know what it is so right. it's iconic but in a different kind of way it, yeah. it's not that kind of melody way that where john williams or jerry goldsmith or anyone Morricone. right um so we got a couple more questions we're gonna be uh and you know we'll we'll get you on your way and again we appreciate your time um sure kind of kind of fun questions um obviously you're hanging out on a saturday night what's in your playlist kevin who who do you listen to what kind of bands do you listen to Uh, how do you what music do you kind of chill and relax so i go through periods of my life where i will i would say i don't listen to music besides my own Nice. <laughs> for, a, for a year. I, I, I bet that I won't listen. Like, I get in my car, I listen to talk radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I sit in this recording studio, which is a significant studio here, mm-hmm. like 12 hours a day, <laughs> five, six days a week. I mean, and and I, I have for 35 plus years. Um, so my ears are burning. I've been in front of speakers all day long. Um, I So I, I will... Uh, if, if when I have some downtime and I've, I've been fortunate in my career, I don't have that much downtime, mm-hmm. but 
I have found myself like going back and listening to the classics that I listened to when I was a kid, which is like a lot of Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and um, even Queen. Um, yes, I was a big fan of Yes. Uh, I I love one thing I do love to do. You talk about it on a Saturday night. I love to 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 watch the um, is, is a channel called AXS Axis, and mm-hmm. they and they have all these interviews with and sometimes documentaries about all those bands like from back in the day like you know from even Kenny Loggins to the Eagles to you know oh wow to um the Doobie Brothers and you know i mean led zeppelin all the cats of robert plant and 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 um so i i love watching those interviews and watching some of that old footage you know um i think there was a, a kind of a cool documentary called echo in the canyon which was about the whole scene in laurel canyon with linda ronstadt and um, oh wow and everybody that's a great documentary i i really really dig watching those documentaries music documentaries yeah and you did um for netflix you did um the how to oh god now i'm blanking on the name making a murder yeah you did the you did that score that must have been a little bit different from star wars for sure (laughs) yeah that's one of the things i'm i'm proud of in in terms of my career and and in you know what i've become as a composer and as an instrumentalist i mean i i play like i play those guitars in making murder and i did a show called hell on wheels and currently you know i'm i'm starting on uh season three of narcos mexico uh and i play those instruments and that's extremely different from you know writing for a full orchestra which i do in you know clone wars it's been great for me because it's it 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 just gives me a different palette it's it's variety you know so so i'm not doing the same thing every day you know it's like oh wow now all of a sudden i gotta get my guitar chops kind of together and i gotta (laughs) you know i mean i sit around that that is a thing i do Mm -hmm. i do practice guitar like every single day and i practice piano every single day um and I I do it kind of for enjoyment. I, I go out. I mean, I'm in California and the weather's pretty OK. And uh, I'll, I'll just kind of look at the sky and uh, lay back and just do finger exercises with my guitar. And it's, it's really a relaxing thing for me. Wow, that's cool. That's really, really cool. Um, I know Andrea. So I'm gonna, uh, Andrea's got our last question of the day. Go ahead and give it to it, Andrea. Yeah, I jumped into a little bit of this just a minute ago, but what's the future for you and any new projects coming up that you can discuss? Well, un- unfortunately, I, I mean... A lot of filming stopped. I, I was working on. Mm, I was yeah. just about to start season two of um, City on a Hill, which is a Showtime uh, excellent series. I did season one as well. That was an audition process, the same way. Um, and that's Kevin Bacon, and it uh, it takes place in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I highly recommend if you're you know you're bored and you're looking for something new to watch, City on a Hill season one is really really cool. Uh, but then they they were filming in New York a lot and Boston, so they had to stop. And um, and also Narcos Mexico, um, I you know starting season three of that, and that only got about three episodes in, and they had to stop. Although I think they may be starting up maybe in a month. It's hard to say. Um, I'm just finishing up season 
uh, two of Doom Patrol, which was oh, cool. really, really fun. Doom Patrol is a really fun show. And I, th- I think season two is going to come out on HBO. What's it called? Max or Plus? Or yeah, HBO Plus. Or, yeah, is it Plus or something? I, think uh, I thought it was, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, so, um, yeah, anyhow, uh, those are the latest things that I've been working on. I, I also have I have a couple of, uh, oh, there's a project called Tresse I'm working on for Netflix, which is an animated show. Um, and it's it's uh, mythical Filipino creatures uh, from Filipino lore. And I'm, I married a Filipina 37 years ago and, and both of my boys work with me now and they're really into it. And we, we went and recorded uh, some vocals and uh, we're doing some, you know, indigenous instruments for that. Um, It's, it's almost kind of like a horror show in a way. I mean, it's definitely adult animation. It's, some gnarly, gnarly mythological stuff that happens in that. <laughs> That's cool. That's now you T-R-E-S-E. It's called Tresse. Okay, cool. Well, definitely keep that uh, keep that in mind. Real quick, I kind of want to follow up. Now, you, you said you have two sons. They are also composers, correct? Yeah. And they, did they help? I think they helped you with uh, Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. Both was it, was it both of them or one? No, uh, both of them. Uh, both of them yeah. Uh, my oldest son Sean was largely responsible for the melody, the Bad Batch theme, which was started oh, off cool. season seven. Mm. Um, and then he 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 also I mean he he worked on a lot of both him and my younger son Dean uh, worked on a lot of the synthesizers and the the sounds and also the composition for like for instance the scene where uh, Ahsoka is taking Darth Maul he he's kind of caged up in like that Silence of the Lambs kind of oh, a cage. yeah. Yeah, and and she, she's she's taking him up back up to the cruiser this and ship. Um, it's a very long scene with no dialogue or sound yeah. effects. And, yes, and yes. both my boys were heavily involved in 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 writing that. Really? Wow. Yeah, and they they work here at this uh, studio. We have three recording studios here, or three cool. separate rooms, um, and we walk back and forth to each other's. Uh, <laughs> you know, rig and and make comments. Uh, I listen to less of their comments than they do. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on my mood. That's fair. <laughs> that scene I, that you just mentioned, uh, Lauren and I just had a recap episode of uh, part four. And no, that was part three. But that moment, exactly what you said, where there was uh, more composition than there was dialogue. And we talked about how that was just a great moment to just slow down the the pace of that story and um, get you really into um, this type of like anxiety feeling of what was about to happen. So it was outstanding. Tell your boys that that was great. Yeah. And uh, we loved yeah. it. Yeah. That yeah they, cool. they, they're it making me, me look good these days. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. We we, uh, we worked on a film called Ghost in the Shell with um, Scarlett Johansson. We, mm-hmm. we just we did some additional music. Um, they got caught in a bind and we did some of the action scenes. And there was one scene where I really wanted to do it. It was a big tank battle thing. And um, so anyway, we, we're doing this um, uh 
action scene, and I really wanted to to score it. And my, my sons were kind of itching to do it too. And so I'm like, okay, fine, we'll both do it because you know the when you're doing those, that's a that was a you know hundred million dollar movie or whatever it was. It was mm-hmm. big budget films. You know the studio heads all the. They have a lot of say and there's a lot of back and forth. So I said, we'll just give them two cues and that way they'll have some choice. And they wound up choosing the one that my boys worked on, you know. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's great because it's really good validation that I'm not just being a proud dad or something or that, you know, it's not nepotism. It's it's they're highly skilled dudes and and they're they are making me look good. And um, that's just a fact. It's 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 really wonderful. Wow, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Well, Mr. Kiner, again, we are so honored. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story and everything like that. We really appreciate it. Appreciate your time so, so much. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, thank you. And to all the Star Wars and Clone Wars fans out there, I I appreciate you so much. And I, I hope you enjoy our work. And it's it's fun to be a, a Clone Wars fan. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Really is. Really is. So, yeah. So thank you so much, um, everybody. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did it was a lot of fun talking to to mr kiner um obviously you guys can uh if you haven't followed us yet please follow us uh on twitter at the galactic pod you can follow our episode uh like this one and all the rest of them on apple pod google play spotify and podbean and then you can follow me lauren romo at lower nose on twitter you can follow me andrea gutierrez at r2d2 step on twitter And may that force be with you guys. Always. Always.